0: Manscaped.com. Use promo code WRESTLINGFUTURE for 20% off your purchase. Manscaped.com and the Lawn Mower 3.0. Your Hello,
1: everybody. Ball. Welcome to a very special edition of Wrestling with the Future. I'm your host, Angelo DiCipio, joined by the happy haberdasher, the smart in the room, Dan the Man Spastiano. Daniel, how are you tonight?
0: I'm good, Angelo. How are you doing? Daniel,
1: what's the word of the day, Dan?
0: Word of the day is epic, Angelo. The word of the day is epic.
1: Epic, indeed, my friend, is the guy... Our guest tonight that we've been wanting to have him for a long time, tracking him down. Uh oh, I see we got Andrew Anderson. What's going on, buddy? Hey, here's Andrew joining us. Hey, brother, you can, can we almost see, gave up on you. Can you see me? Uh, you are in the dark, but we can see you. I've got walking Kevin with my, us.
2: I'm walking my dog as we go.
1: Oh, right. Kevin, Andrew's walking the dog. <laughs> I was
2: dogs
3: walking Andrew
2: does he? Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. Right at this point, I'm on mile. I'm on mile five, and uh, oh, yeah. you know, I was wondering. My phone wasn't ringing, but my, my Apple Watch was buzzing my wrist off, and I thought it was just the dog pulling on me. And I looked and I saw, so i buzzing you guys back. What's up, guys? Not
1: too much. I got uh, I got Kevin. Kevin's going to give us about thirty minutes tonight.
2: Good, good. That's usually just, uh, long enough to walk your dog. That's twenty nine minutes more than he gives his wife in bed. There you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, hey, <laughs> and Kathy's on
4: the phone. So, Andrew.
2: Yes, yes, yes. Who's on the phone?
4: Bitsy's on the phone. So.
2: Oh, what's yeah. going on?
4: Hi, dear.
2: How you doing? Good. I like. I gave Kevin the message the last time I saw you. The last time you talked to me when I was with him. You better. I <laughs> hope I did.
1: <laughs> Well, tonight, Kevin, we're going to do something a little different. Um, I'm not going to interview you. We're just going to talk. We're just going to have a... Okay. In fact, I, I, I called tonight's show Kevin Sullivan in Conversation. So we just want to talk. There's not too much, really, that you can get out of Kevin Sullivan that hasn't already been spoken about or known or uh, put out in a shoot interview uh, or, or 3,000 that you've done.
2: So tonight we're just going to talk, Kevin. Okay, uh, well, Kevin, I'm going I'm to do something that hasn't been done before. Sure. Kevin, what's your favorite superhero?
4: My Hawkman.
2: Yep. And and who had a Hawkman artist from DC Comics draw the Taskmaster versus Hawkman?
4: And Andrew
2: Anderson. That's right. I pulled my uh, hey. I pulled my strings on a friend of mine, Darren Ock, who is a Marvel Comics illustrator and he's also an illustrator for dc comics and he drew the hawkman comics for a number of years and he went out and uh he made kevin a special present that i wanted to give kevin something so for all this all this shit that, I've, that kevin puts up with me and everything else i had something that nobody else gave him they turned kevin into a supervillain against his favorite superhero growing up so right kevin so kevin let me
1: uh let, let me just uh, you know kind of break the ice here a little bit um I had it on good authority that uh that your dog Sydney um and a uh and a hundred dollar bill were involved simultaneously in a story. Could you tell me uh, what the deal was with Sydney and a hundred dollar bill?
4: Uh Robert Fuller probably told you the story, but I had a big safer knight, He was two hundred pounds and I was getting ready to leave. And the my girlfriend at the time said, I said, I need, give me some money. And she had a $100 bill and went to grab it, give it to me and she pulled it back. I said, I don't have time. I need you to give it to me. She did. And now the dog's looking at what's going on because she's jerking it back and the dog's starting to bark. So she get, goes to give it to me again as she goes to give it to me again, she jerks it back. But when she does, I grab her hand. The dog jumps up and took the $100 bill. I'm chasing the dog, and he's got the $100 <laughs> bill. I order him, and the dog eats it and swallows it. Oh, no!
1: I, I heard that story. Uh, and, and by yeah. the way, it wasn't Robert Fuller uh, who told me. And by the way, I know Robert, a uh, really great guy. I know him fairly well. It was uh, our mutual friend, Cowboy Scott Casey. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah.
2: Scott's a great guy. I love him dearly. Yeah, a Scott's friend. a yeah. good friend of the
1: show. Scott yeah, uh, yeah. wanted me to, to say hi to you, Andrew, and hi to you, Kevin.
2: I love Scotty. Scott's a great dude, man. Well, well, well He'll be, news uh, news. He's
1: actually going to be on the show next week. Uh, okay. He and Eddie Mansfield, are, uh, they're going to reunite to talk about their Southwest days.
4: Wow, cool. Okay. Uh, but shouldn't he ate the $100 bill?
1: I that. So let me ask you, Kevin, you prefer surf fishing uh, or a deep sea boat? Deep sea.
4: do not you going to ask me about the $100 bill?
1: Well, I, I'm sure you, uh, you ended up getting it on the re- receiving end of that door.
4: <laughs> so what are you saying? What happened? I got it on the receiving end? Yeah. No. I see it, it. The dog I, the dog the dog couldn't pass it. It was counterfeit. Oh shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh fuck, I walked right into that one. <laughs>
4: yeah.
1: I walked no, right
4: into that one. Back to fishing. There's nothing better than deep-sea fishing, you know. you got to catch
1: yeah. fish. Now, I know you're a fisherman, um, but I don't know too much about whether you're a hunter or not. Do you, uh, do you like to hunt?
4: Uh, I, I used to hunt birds when I was younger, and when I was really younger, I used to hunt deer, but I'd rather fish any day
1: of the week. Uh, I
2: used
1: to hunt time. Same here. Yeah, yeah and, and then... Man. Uh, You 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 grew up in the Boston area? Were you right in Boston, the city itself,
4: Uh, or on the outskirts? I was right downtown, but we had friends that lived in New Hampshire, and that's when I used to hunt up there. And you know, we used to—I used to go out with a friend of mine too when I was real young on a boat. So uh, it was the same area around New Hampshire. But once I got to Florida, I became an avid fisherman.
1: So uh, my understanding is that your father was a police officer in Boston.
4: Yeah, Yeah. my father was a Boston cop, yeah.
1: Tell me a little bit about uh, minding your P's and Q's with with an old man that's that's a cop.
4: Well, the thing is, the world has changed so drastically with the police, you know what I mean?
1: yeah
4: uh, they you know when they had okay we, we used to my little gang of hoodlums we'd go down to the park and shoot baskets and play baseball where you shouldn't be playing baseball in the park at that time and there used to be a sign that say after dark stay out of the park okay and we would cop stay there, and we would, Monday through Friday, this one cop worked, it and he it was an older guy. And we'd stay there, it'd be jack-offs, where he'd have to chase us, and we'd blow by him. <laughs> but on Fridays and Saturdays, we, we left the park early because there was a cop named Dom Scalise, and he had been a pro boxer, and he was just a tough guy. Back in the day, actually, people used to take buses and trains and drive cars from all over New England, to have street fights with them. So we knew better. So one time, it was, I had a friend named Kevin Ring. And we were there, and it was during the week, and we knew the other cop. I think his name was Fitzmaurice, Kathy, not your name, Thanks. but i him out <laughs> And uh, we were saying, well, Fitz would be around the corner pretty soon. And we are hooting and hollering. I think we might have even had some beers and underage. And the corner turns and it's arm's Scalise. And we all shit our pants and we start to Well, He was in great shape. We snatched Kevin by the neck, Kevin Ring, and smacked him in the head. <laughs> and Kevin looked at him and said, this ain't fair what are you doing working here tonight? He said, since he's on vacation, I'm taking this thing. He said, well, you got to tell us when shit like this happens. You <laughs> <talk to> you. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, uh, you know, they took no mercy. It was probably worse being a copskid than a
1: non
4: cops. Yeah.
1: Well, Kevin, I have a, a co-host here. They call him the smartest man in the room. His name is Dan, the man Sebastiano, and he's got some questions for you. Go ahead, Danny.
0: Uh, Kevin, Thank I want to say, it's an uh, honor to talk to you. Uh, obviously, you're, um, I started my career as a <clears throat> journalist and wrestling historian, and oh, your cool. name comes up all the time. So, But uh, I want to kind of avoid some of the wrestling talk. I am curious if you could tell a story. Looking up on a lot of the information about you, you're... you're uh, the stories of of you and and your ex wife Deborah um, are real big. Your your current wife Samantha, how did how did you meet her? I, I can't seem to find any information on how that came about.
4: I don't have a wife named Samantha, and I never had a wife named Deborah. Deborah, nope.
2: His, nope. his wife's name is Linda right now. His current wife is Linda. Yeah,
4: yeah. So that's the thing about looking shit up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I, I didn't write. Like- so people put shit
0: down so well then then right, let me let me let me expand right. on that cuz that that's probably why I couldn't find any information cuz I didn't even know that that it came up then then um you you obviously
2: the they also have the wrong birth date for him uh, on that, many kids, those That's that
0: that doesn't surprise me that's the problem with In stuff like stuff um like those wiki pages that can stuff. be edited by anybody um yeah, I, i'm curious then that, well, well th- then yeah, let me, yeah, let me have you expand get- on that. You've, you've been the, uh, clearly been the, the target of, of misinformation. How, how does that go? How do you deal with that? Like when, when you have fans and interview stuff like that, where it comes up and it's, it, nobody really knows the real Kevin Sullivan.
4: I don't pay attention to it because. Hey, yeah, it's social media is wonderful for some things, but, uh, it causes too much bullshit to be out there and it caused, I believe, I believe it has caused a breakdown of society. We'll be now tribal and (laughs) we have two camps and it doesn't matter. Uh, You're either red or blue and you can't talk to the other side. And that's why shit doesn't get done. But I mean, okay. All this information, and like they said, my name was Kevin Caldwell at one time, and a bunch of different names that I suppose he wrestled under. I don't know where they get this stuff. And then the titles that I have, half of them are wrong, and three quarters aren't up there. So I don't know who makes this shit up. So, I mean, <laughs> and I, laugh, I laugh when I hear people talk about news, and I ask them a question. I said, when did you hear that? Oh, on the internet.
0: Well, you, you know, it's it's funny. Uh, that's come up a few times on some of the guests Angelo and I have had on the show, and he can vouch for that. Uh, Pro Wrestling Insiders notorious for padding their their PWI Top Five Hundred list with BS stories just to make give everybody an entry. Is there a chance that some of these people that have interviewed you or, or found this information in the past are just stealing, n- not not knowing where the line of kayfabe ends and thinking the fake stories Probably. are real?
4: probably yeah probably i mean you know uh it's crazy that some people still don't understand where kayfabe ends and reality happens and to me it's just mind-blowing that people can be so first of all you're a wrestling historian right yeah yes sir so how do you know what
0: you know is real? Well, that's that's exactly so no, that that's a very fair question. And that's, well, that's come up before on the show. You have to you have to through and get like we're doing now. You get the real stories from the real people, because a lot of what's it's, I mean, what's told and what you hear is is people staying in character or. Uh, stories that, that I mean Angela will tell you being being in the business that's come up on the show numerous times. You hear a story backstage and by the time it's told a hundred times it's it's a different story or there's different people. You know, you gotta what you gotta I get thought- it from the horse's mouth. So I mean obviously I, I did research from what I thought was credible sources and I had false information on you. So <laughs> I gotta you tell know, you you, what- you gotta look for what's out there. What and I
4: love is four. some of the, the oh. two stories about Haku. I've been at both of them and I hear all this bullshit stories and some of them are crossed with Barbarian. Andrew and I went to Africa with uh, Barbarian so a lot of the stories about those two guys you can insert either one in the story sounds good but if you want to be correct you better know who you're talking about. And uh, so I don't I try not to look at any of that because most of the people, not do they get the information secondhand, but they get it 20, removed 20 times. So unless you, you like, you probably delve in and uh, dig real research and you can, you know what I mean? Like. You know, Notre Dame, the University of Notre Dame, has a lot of historical stuff from professional wrestling. Are you aware of that?
0: I'm not. I I wouldn't think that'd be a place to find a wrestling archive.
4: Yeah, they got a huge wrestling archive. They have huge, a wrestling yep. archive from Jack Pfeffer. Did you ever hear that name?
0: Yep. I'm I'm sorry. What what was the name again?
4: Jack Pfeffer. Jack Pfeffer.
1: That
0: has come. Oh up yeah, before. absolutely. Would nice. Jack Pfeffer. Jack
1: Pfeffer was a classic, an original.
0: I have friends up that way. I'll make a note of that, see if I can't get my Indeed. hands on some of that stuff.
4: And do you know, in the 40s and up until about 1960, the most powerful promoter in the United States was, and they had his stuff there too, Paul Bowser. You ever hear the name?
0: Mm-hmm. You have? I'm sorry, You said you said Paul Brown?
1: Paul Bowser. Bowser. Oh, Paul, Bounds, yeah.
0: Paul Bowser. Oh, Paul Bowser.
1: Yeah. Paul Bowser. Yeah. Yeah. See, then, you, you, you're apparently I, not the historian you think you
2: are. Well, I, no, I, I never claimed that. You, you. Dan, you're good. Dan, no, you're no, good. No. no, Dan, you are no, good. No. I, I will testify to that. Dan saying, Dan is very, very knowledgeable. I can tell you that. Dan yeah. knew my a lot of my stuff, that I I forgot. Andrew yeah.
4: Andrew has told me that, but here's where I'm going. If you go to that. And Tony, you all. There's also another promoter. You ever hear of the name Tony Santos?
1: Yep. Absolutely, of course.
4: Okay, and his stuff is in there too. So I have, and you know who's. Uh, man, if you want to hook up with the real historian of professional wrestling, is
0: Tom Burke. Do you know him? Tom-
1: yeah, I I do, Kevin.
0: You, you you said Tom Burke,
1: yeah. Yeah. I'll hook up the young squire.
0: I was going to say his his name's come up on our show before, hadn't it, Angela? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Find yeah.
2: me. <laughs> now you can see Tom has There's Andrew. Tom
4: has, Tom has letters from every promoter back in the day when there was over. 30, when I broke in the business, there was 37 territories. And, and this guy, Tom Burke, has it before then when there was like 46 territories. He has letters. He has letters from Pfeffer to Santos, Bowser. And it's really, really entertaining to read. Like there was a one letter that I read that Tony Santos was bringing in, uh, Dr. Jerry Graham. And he he this used to call him Pepper Papa, and he said, "Papa, uh, I'm bringing Jerry. I hope this isn't a mistake." And then I looked at the payroll for this little town, and guys were making like this is back in the mid fifties. Guys are making fifty, sixty dollars, but Jerry's making four fifty. And I'm thinking, wow, this is really interesting. So that's what I'm saying about wrestling. Wrestling doesn't have much written history, and it's yeah. on, it's like Celtic history. They didn't write, so it was orally.
1: Kevin, we, we got a phone call coming in for you, Kevin.
4: Okay.
3: Go ahead, caller. <laughs> Hello, Kevin. Hello. I, Kevin, I have to, I have waited 35 years to thank you for something. This is Randy Hogan.
4: Hey,
3: Randy, how are you, buddy? Kevin, I'm good. Good, I'm good, guys. Dan, Angelo, Kevin, when when I heard you were going to be here, I said, I've got to talk to Kevin. I want to go back to 19, well, maybe 87, 88, when I first got up to Atlanta and started doing some TV stuff. And you you had, uh, I, I remember when I first got there, Again, I didn't know anybody. I was a scared little kid and kidding the candy shop around all you stars and everything. And uh, so my first match and you were I don't know what you were doing. You you had the monitor and the headphones on and you know, uh you know, Hogan you're up or Hogan go to the ring or whatever else the first time. And that was cool. And then the second time then flash forward we were I think going to a uh, going to a taping. We were on a bus. Um, I think when they come down to Florida, they used to go from the, the hotel over to the taping and that. And I sat next to you, and we just had a little chit-chat. I think you were in Daytona Beach at the time. We talked about that a little yeah. bit. I know you don't remember this. It's okay. But anyways, at that point, I, I, I felt very comfortable around you. A couple weeks later, I look at the sheet and who it is, me and somebody against the varsity club, you and Rotunda. I was so excited. So we get in there, have the match and of course you hung me in the tree of woe, okay? So I'm hanging <laughs> yeah. there, so I'm 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 hanging there upside down and I see you across the ring and you are going to come full bore and I know you're going to get that hip right into my belly. But somehow I knew. I said, you know, Kevin's going to take care of me. And it was great. And it seems like after that You know, when I would see you or whatever, you would say, you know, hi, Randy, instead of just holding you to the ring. Now it was hi Randy. And I felt so accepted at that point. And I wasn't, I didn't feel that way until you had that impact by just saying hi, Randy to me, how much that meant to just a little guy coming up. And I wanted to thank you all these years. I saw you last year in, uh, I was in New York, uh at the big event. Yeah, I
2: remember. That yeah, I was at a table, yep. Yeah, I
3: was at a table and I saw you walking out yeah. and I said, Kevin, but you were like in a hurry to get out, you didn't even see me. And I so wanted to talk to you then. So when I you know, Angelo told me you're gonna be on today, I said, God. All I wanna do is say thank you, Kevin, for making me feel part of it.
4: Well, thank you because you were part of it. Thank you very well, much, Randy.
3: But I I appreciate uh, the
4: nice guys, but hey, brother, we're a fraternity, and we're supposed to take care of one another and make everybody feel.
3: Well, but you did that, Kevin, and you know a lot of the guys didn't. You know, us little jobbers were in one corner, and everybody else was somewhere else. But you actually spoke to me like a real person, and and I know it's it's 35 years give or take late in saying thank you again, but just just the impact that you had on me or a little guy like me and you didn't even notice just speaks so highly of you. And I've shared this story over and over, um, you know, j- just how do they say, well, you know, who were the good guys back there? Who did you like? And you come up and that's it, because you are the only one that made me feel accepted.
4: Well, I really appreciate it, Randy. And you were so a thank very you. talented
1: guy. You were a very uh-huh. talented guy.
4: Thank you. And Kevin, next how time I'm going
1: to be sure to hear uh, when you hear one of your one of your guys, you know, speak so affectionately about you all these years later.
4: Yeah, I mean that's so nice. Uh, I'm glad I, you know, I always thought, hey, these guys, and this is the thing about Hall of Fames. None of these guys that. In the NWA Hall of Fame. None of these guys that are in the Hall of Fames would get there if it wasn't for guys like Randy. Right. And guys from, you know, <laughs> I have said this there should be a Hall of Fame and they should induct guys like Randy that put guys that probably didn't have Randy's ability in the Hall of Fame. Mm hmm. Right, because Absolutely. without guys like without guys like Randy, there wouldn't be these supposedly mega stars. Because you know, I love when guys in our business say, "Well, everything's work." Well, try to hit a fucking round ball with a fucking oblong bat. See if you can do it.
3: <laughs> See if you can
4: throw a pass sixty yards. See if you can skate eighty miles an hour. Those guys are really doing it. We do it because there were people like Randy that were unselfish and did almost anything you asked them, and they did it to the best of their ability and they did it well. So I think there should be a Hall of Fame for guys like Randy. And he, Absolutely.
3: If
2: is, oh, yeah.
4: If, if Absolutely. there is, Randy should be here.
3: I,
2: what think, do you I think, think, Kathy. I think they should oh, get so to the, rest of the Hall of
4: Fame. Kathy, what do you think?
0: I agree, definitely. You know that. Yeah. Andrew, let me ask you a question.
1: How sure. did uh, how did you get to know uh, uh, Kevin? And and where did Papa Smurf come from?
2: <laughs> well, I I knew Kevin from when I, I I went down to the power plant to try to train and try to get a career in WCW that never panned out, and then years later. I got a call that he's uh, booking a, a, a bunch of tours all over the country. So we wound up working together, and eventually we wound up getting closer and closer. And, you know, we just we, you know, we, he, he was always good to me, sort of like Randy. He was always good to me. He never looked down on me when I was breaking into the business, which was great. And also, Kevin and I worked a lot of the same shows for Boston Bad Boys boy, Tony Rumble, right? Kevin. Oh, sure.
1: Tony. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But Kevin yeah. was working yeah, on late Tony Rumble. And, sure. And I was I was working on the bottom, just breaking in. So I really I was usually there with Jimmy Snuka or with the Tony with Tony Atlas at the yeah. time and or with Nikolai. So I really wasn't and Kevin was working on top on all those shows. So and he was just right. coming from 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 the NWA for WCW and coming up there to work for Tony. So, you know, it was a uh, that, that's how real that was really how I, I first met Kevin was working for Tony Rumble. And then uh, eventually we became really good friends. And Papa Smurf came up was because we're sitting in a hotel room in Africa. And me and Kevin are rooming. And Kev, did we have the worst case of dysentery ever? <laughs> <laughs> and there were two stalls in the hotel. In
4: 10
2: days. Yep. They had two stalls side by side in Nigeria. God. and the stalls are side by side in the hotel room separated by a thin wall but each instead of doors there's a, a shower curtain to each thing so oh, we can always just reach over and hand, and hand each other the toilet paper <laughs> there's one shower big, they had a really nice marble marble room with the bedrooms are nice and had your own little kitchenette and everything it was cool but, but it was like living in a in in, in a um uh, a Jim Jones compound, if you really thought about it. <laughs> and anyway, so so Kevin and I, Kevin and I would always would try to run and outdo each other to see which one hits the toilet, makes the bounce noise first. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so Kevin and I were like dueling banjos in the bathroom. Uh... One time, we're in the bathroom and both of us are letting rip. We barely got back to the room after the matches that time. And um, the, the the housekeeper comes into the room and. She kept calling him my papa, your papa, your papa good, papa good. She kept saying, papa good. So I was going to guess, yeah, papa Smurf's good. <laughs> so so she, she kept calling me little boy and papa, papa and little boy. Remember yeah, her, Kev? It. Yeah, yeah. Papa, papa hey, you okay? Papa Smurf's beautiful. okay. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, hilarious.
4: Hey, can, can, can I bring something up too? I'm glad you yeah. have these on them. You know, here's what? the thing, guys. I'm talking, bringing something up about Kathy. You know, okay. all I have not hear about is ECW, or if this person did this, this person did that. Well, guys, Angelo, and here's something that never has brought up how important Kathy was for ECW. Kathy, without Kathy, Paul e. wouldn't have been on track. She kept them on track. If they needed a tape delivered anywhere, nobody else could find the building, or nobody knew how to get there but Kathy. When mm-hmm. Todd knew somebody picked up at the airport or needed uh, a belt picked up that was shipped in that they had left it in Florida. They went to Kathy. And Kathy was as influential, helping them keep their shit together and not unravel. And there's a lot of people, no, I shouldn't say that. There's not a lot of people, but there are people that go unnoticed. Like the Kathys of the world that really, really, really are unsung heroes, and I think that's why Randy said some nice things about me because I've always thought if you got in this business, it doesn't matter what you do; you're in this business. We're supposed to work together, and you also have to give credit where credit is due. And Kathy has been was has been and was one of the most influential people at uh, in ECW and she would get the fans to buy tickets. She would, she'd give them these supposedly secrets where she'd say, Hey, this guy's coming in next week. They would know about it. So they didn't have to advertise and Kathy would get the people to buy tickets. She was, she did everything. Oh, absolutely. I mean, so I just wanted. to, uh have people recognize what Kathy did, and Kathy, they, they should be giving you a residual check for all those.
1: And Kevin, thank you for saying that, because I'll tell you what, and a lot of people don't know this too, but Kathy's responsible for feeding a lot of the guys a hot meal, keeping their clothes oh. clean, getting them to the airport on time, getting them to the building on time, and getting them there sober. Yeah, and open up that's, that's half the battle.
4: Or after the matches open up the beer when they're driving.
1: Exactly. Kathy, <laughs> exactly.
4: Kathy, Kathy's uh, Kathy's uh, you know, she she was a uh, a gem.
1: Kathy's
4: points. If, no if I ever had a wrestling company, I would hire a Kathy. That's for sure.
1: Oh, absolutely.
4: Thank
1: you, Kev. You welcome, absolutely. honey. So, Randy, are you still with us?
3: I wouldn't leave for the world, baby. All right,
1: brother. Well, listen, you said uh, at the beginning of this call, you waited 35 years. Was it worth the
3: wait, my friend? I'm like a kid in the candy shop right now. I have gone yeah. back okay. 35 years. Uh, I, I got to say, thinking about it, uh, the tears actually swell up in my eyes, and that's no exaggeration. I think back, I still see Kevin sitting at the table. I still hear him telling me about Daytona Beach. I think he just lived there. He moved there or something. I, I see him next to me in the bus. I see that that body running across the the ring, and I'm hanging in the trio, woe, baby, just waiting to get squashed. I remember, like, yesterday, I mean... I this is this is a this is a classic this is a moment for me it really is
4: beautiful
3: kevin you have no idea the influence and and the mark that you made on me and in the rest in the wrestling business i mean just you just really made me feel comfortable and that's the easiest way i can say it and again i can never thank you enough and angelo i thank you for bringing us together like this oh you're quite welcome randy
2: I gotta tell you guys something. That there was, um there was a fan who came up to me and Kevin last week. Uh, he's actually he's, he's, he's a super fan. He uh, he's a collector also, and his name is Ray, and uh, he's from he's from uh, I think he's from Pennsylvania or I forgot where. But remember, Kev, what Ray said to you uh, back in WCW and the NWA. Everybody, the baby faces from Dusty on up wouldn't sign an autograph, but Kevin. Always took the time to sign all the guys, or as he yeah. called it, all the marks, autographs for all the marks. He never, uh, he was the heel. Him and Mark Lewin would always go out of their way to sign. And uh, so, Kevin, you definitely left an impact on a lot of people. Absolutely. No, I think that's-
1: a good one. You know, Kevin, uh, th- there are three kinds of greatness there's greatness that you're born to, there's greatness that you're uh, achieve, and there's greatness that's thrust upon you. Describe your greatness.
4: Well, I don't think I'm great because here's the... Well, you're a humble
1: man, but you got four people here who think you're pretty special.
4: Well, I appreciate that, but we all pull our pants on the same way. You know what I mean? Me and Andrew may tuck us a little different than Kathy, but we, uh, you know, we all take, get up, put our pants on. We all got to do it. Do God. get up and fight life or enjoy life because life can have ups and downs and you've got to travel through. it. But having good friends like Kathy Andrew makes life a little bit easier. You know, I'm always happy to see Kathy when I, I go on the road and she's at an event and it brings up good memories because Kathy has been a big part of, my career I mean she's been there from the beginning and now Andrew at the uh as the sun starts to fade in my career Andrew's there and he always has a kind word he's just so funny to be around and we have a good time so it's nice to have these people but none of us are any greater than anybody else that's my opinion yep because if you start to believe
1: that stuff, you got a problem. Well, let me ask you a question. There was a story. I don't know where I heard it. might have been you who told the story. Um, going back a few years back, many years ago, in fact, um, I believe you're at the Philadelphia Arena. And uh, you're with Phil Zacco. And you're with uh, Vince McMahon Sr. And there is an open book on a desk. And you take yeah. a look at this book. And so tell me that story. They tell me that's where Kevin the Booker was born.
4: No, I was born really in Florida with Eddie Graham, which was an amazing experience. When uh, I, I was lucky, when I came to Florida, I set the first. I spent the first year, not in Florida, For a year and a half, I was in another place, but when I came to Florida, they put me with Mike Graham, and during that time, I got to meet the true geniuses of the wrestling business, Funk Sr., Terry himself, uh, Leo Garibaldi, nobody knows, was one of the smartest guys ever met, Jim Barnett, Absolutely. and... Uh, I got to be uh, really close with Eddie. And then when him and Mike had a problem, I became like a surrogate son. So he taught me. But then when I went up to Vince, I was at with the arena. Kathy, what's the name of that? Is it the Philadelphia arena where they filmed Rocky? They used to do the TV taping?
3: Civic Center. Spectrum.
4: No, no, the old building where they filmed.
1: Oh, what the? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah the, the arena. You're talking about the, the Philly Arena or the Blue Horizon?
4: The arena, arena.
1: Yeah, the Philadelphia With Arena, it. 45th and Market, yeah.
4: Yeah, that's it. Well, I got there early one day, and those Whoops. guys, Zacco, Monsoon, uh, Arnold, uh, Savoli, and I guess somebody, maybe somebody else. Oh, the Wizard. We're all out, and I was the only guy in the dressing room. They had a big table there that Vince used to watch, and I saw his book. I went over, and it was open, but I started looking through it, and I said, wow, he's got this thing booked a year out. He's got Bruno against Hanson for three. He's got Brody and Bruno for two. He's got Gil Pison and Bruno for one, and he's got Kowalski and Bruno for two, and he had those, that main event booked for a year. He had the tag team champions booked for the year, and halfway through the year, the belts would switch from, I think it was the uh, Wolf uh, and Billy White Wolf. It went from them to executioners who were Kowalski and John Studd. And yep. I'm um, looking at this. And so then he had the heel that was going to work with Bruno. And that that was going to br- work with Bruno like six months down the line in the third position from the top. Then he had like the secondary baby face that he was feeding. So he had about four... Four matches booked for a year. I couldn't understand how he could do that. And uh, I asked him about it. First of all, when I came in, he caught me. He said, what are you doing? I said, I just wanted to see how you did this. I said, I can't understand. He said, do you understand? And I said, no. He <laughs> said, do you want to learn? I said, yes. Yeah. He said, sit down. Boy, did I get heat. Whoa. God, those old timers were scalding. If Luke's gonna kill, I would been dead twelve times. <laughs> but they sat me down. They said, "You know, you gotta." He said, "Proper planning prevents piss poor performance." I'll never forget it. He said, "Of course, this isn't gonna make it through the year because I'm gonna lose people. I'm gonna some guys are gonna get hurt." Uh, some guys aren't going to get over like I think they are. But it keeps me that I'm not panicking. And if a guy comes along that I thought was the middle of the card guy that I had projected, and I see that he's really getting over, what I do is I don't force it. I go to him and tell him I'd like to send him someplace. I've him find a place to go for six months and I want to bring him in and give him a shove. I thought, whoa man, you're sending somebody out that's getting over. Exactly. But I thought when I was a kid, I wouldn't I said to myself, I wouldn't do that. I I try to and I thought, no, you send the guy away. And he did the opposite of most people, Andrew. Mm-hmm. What he would do is a guy going out used to be, they do the jobs, right? He Mm -hmm. would put more heat on the guys going out the last four shows. He was in every like in Philly or Boston or the guy. So when the guy went away, people said, where did he go? Where did he go? And Boom, you know. And when he came back, it was a big, big uh, it it helped the other cards his first few times around the town because they hadn't seen him and he left with such an impact. So it was He was a contrarian to which most guys book like and i thought yeah god to have that foresight to see that far out and i tried to take that into my world when i did it and uh it i certainly was around a lot of smart guys and it it was just you know people say sometimes well how do you do it well i was around the best brains in the history of the wrestling business so it isn't that I'm smarter than anybody or uh, dumber than anybody. I'm just repeating what I've seen and maybe adding a little. But those guys at those days, I mean, they had... Like, when they brought Backlund in, Backlund was on TV for 13 months because that was a thing between Vince and Eddie. When Eddie told him, he said, I don't think he's going to get over like you think he's going to get over. And he said... He's going to get over, and he got him over.
1: Yeah, absolutely. A lot
4: of people, lot of people always thought that Backlund didn't draw. Well, I don't care if he's, they stacked the cards with Snooker and Morocco and uh, Dusty and Superstar. He still had his name on the top of the cards. And he, Vince, Vincent, Both Vincent and Eddie knew how to get a guy over, and Eddie especially knew how to get a heel over.
1: Kevin, can you hang out with us a little more? I I know that you're yeah. limited on time yeah. tonight.
4: They they can I, they can wait for a little bit. I'll give you another fifteen, then I'll I could take the ass whipping. So okay.
1: <laughs> well, let me. I you, a name that's come up on this show a lot, and Dan the man will attest to it. Uh, is yeah. the name uh, Mike Graham and Eddie Graham? Oh, I've yeah. had as many opinions as I've had guests. And I've had some of the biggest names in the wrestling business on this show, bar none, literally bar none. And no two people can answer this question the same. You're a guy who knew him better than probably anyone. And I would be crazy and foolish to have you here and not ask you this question. Define for me the magic of Mike and Eddie Graham. What was it about Eddie that was spontaneously magic? How could he create something out of nothing? And did Mike acquire that talent, or did he have it born into him?
4: No, Mike acquired it. uh, But Mike was pushed into it i mean mike used when he was 16 years old guys would come down to the you know at 106 north albany the wrestling office and want to be wrestlers and eddie would line up guys and they would say they'd have jerry briscoe and jack briscoe and roop and uh, uh gordon nelson and then mike and hero matsuda and he'd say who do you want to wrestle of course they'd pick the 16 year old mike would Killed the I mean, money, blooded him up, and it protected the business. But Mike, as great as Mike was, and as smart as he was, he he loved the business, but he didn't have the passion Eddie did. Meaning, Mike had other things in his life. He was a he was all around cowboy. He won uh, the, the big speedboat races four of them in a row in Florida, which was unheard of. He was yeah. a great scuba diver, a great fishman. Mike was good at it, a great weightlifter. He had a, a record, and this is, he was clean. He had a record for bench press in the 198 pound class that uh-huh. lasted for 25 years, and he wasn't on roids or anything. Mike was a state wrestling champion. He was a powerlifter. He was great at everything, but he had all these other interests. Eddie's interests was the wrestling business.
1: And Eddie, yeah, and the there re- are people who have said to me that Mike Graham was a dichotomy, that he could have been... He could have exceeded his father's greatness had he applied it. What was it about him that he just didn't give a shit?
4: <laughs> he had all the money in the world. <laughs> he had all the money in the world. I mean, he, you know, he was kind of born with a silver... I mean, his father bought him Christmas... I mean, his wedding present at 20 years old was a mansion on the water in uh, Tampa. I mean, so... Nice. And Mike had other interests, but Eddie, you know... Eddie, uh, I don't think Eddie went past his 13th birthday in school, but he became a pilot, and he became a captain of a boat. He could captain... uh, I forget how many ton ocean vehicle. Plus uh, he was a great fisherman. But other than that, even when we used to go fishing, he was talking about wrestling and the big run before Bruno with the grams against Perez and Rocca and Eddie. Oh, sure. Eddie was orchestrating those finishes and coming up with angles. And, uh, one thing about ECW, they—that was nothing but Florida Championship Wrestling brought up there without as much talent as absolutely. Florida had.
1: Absolutely,
4: yep. It was blood. And, it was blood and gore, except the main event was wrestling. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, but but Eddie saw, and he was a, again. He was around smart guys. I mean, Funk Senior and him were best friends. And there are mirror images of one another. And they yeah. both knew. I mean, when I was uh, 20 years old and I was on their TV, the governor of uh, Florida came on and gave me an award for my work with the youth. Well, this is 45 years ago. You might've thought wrestling was bullshit and you, you know, but you saw a kid get a reward from the governor on a wrestling show. And then, of the course, at the end of the shows, they would say, Well, uh, the Sheriff's Boys Ranch this week got a check for $5,000. Eddie started that, the Sheriff's Boys Ranch for Wayward Kids. Yeah. And the Sheriff's Boys Ranch and the Sheriff's Girls Ranch. And if a police officer went down on the line of duty or fireman, and the, they got a check from Eddie. I mean, Eddie's got a a special award one time where they gave him a a flag that flown in Vietnam on television. So you may watch wrestling and see some stuff that are borderline, like blood and guts. And most people say, oh, that's bullshit. I'm not going to let my kids watch that. But you kind of turn your back and say, oh, that's okay. Look what good they do to the community. Eddie started the wrestling bought the match for uh, the first amateur wrestling program in Tampa. But other than that, he, he knew how to build a community using wrestling as a focal point. He knew how to take the stigma off of wrestling, and then he was a genius of putting the shows together. I mean, his shows... One time, Terry Funk and I were talking the other day, and Terry and I were laughing because we both saw the same thing. One time I was riding to town, and Terry said the same thing happened to him. Uh, Eddie, no matter who the booker was, me, Dusty, Louis Collette, it didn't matter. On Tuesday, Eddie was the booker. So I got there early, and Terry had told me this thing, I'm sorry. I got there early and he was looking at me and he said, what do you got planned for uh, the semi-final? And I said, well, I know you got an idea. It's it's Tuesday, so what are you going to do? He said, this is what we're going to do. I said, oh, that's kind of, uh, we've had a little bit of a pullback with some of these guys. We had a team that we're having a little bit of a problem with. And uh, he said, oh, I'm not going to give them the finish. I said, you want me to? I've had a little bit of heat with him. I said, you want me? Here? I'll do it. He said, no, no. They're going to give us the finish. I said, what finish are they going to give us? Uh, he said, the finish I just laid out. We go in the room, and the boys come in the room, and Eddie had his little office there in Tampa at, at the armory. And Eddie's sitting there, hey, guys, how you doing? Good job, blah, blah, blah. He said, what do you guys got in mind? Well, he took them right off their game plan because... They're, they got their heels dug in. They're not going to do a job. And when Eddie said, what do you got mine?" mind to those two? The, the guy said, oh, God, they threw them for loot. By the time it was over, they gave the exact finish that Eddie had told me. And Eddie just directed them to the left, directed them to the right directed them where they said, oh, I think we need to lose tonight, And blah, 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 get the heat on and keep it going. Thinking, wow, how did he do this? How did he do this? And I learned something from him. When you bring two guys into a room, one of them is going to like you, the one of them is going to dislike you at the end of this conversation. So I always would say, Andrew, I'd like you to do a favor for Kathy tonight. So what are you going to say? I ain't going to do a favor for Kathy? No, nope, never. I didn't ask him, right? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't ask him to do anything. I didn't demand to ask him for a favor. Not Exactly. Me, so I saw how diplomatic Eddie was, and because he was diplomatic and because he was straight up, Guys were willing to trust Eddie, and that's what you got to have. And Eddie had that too. And, and Vince Senior was the nicest guy promoter I ever worked for. He was a he was a gem. He was a gem. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So they both had that in common. They didn't ask you for anything that was ridiculous. And I think I learned a lot from that. I mean don't go in and try to embarrass a guy uh, and don't carry a grudge with somebody when you're the boss. If you got a problem, you got to hear it out and don't bring your problems
1: to the business. So absolutely. you know, Yeah. Kevin, I'll tell you what, my friend, uh, you have been generous with your time tonight. You gave us an hour. I do want to have you, back. I've got to have you back. We've, barely touched the surface here. Um, okay, I'd love to Go right. uh, enjoy your dinner tonight. Uh, thank you for yeah. for giving us a time and uh, uh Randy Hogan you still with me?
3: I'm still with you.
1: All right, we want to say good night uh, I I'll, t- I'll tell you what, I'll let us do this. I'll let you uh say good night to Kevin on behalf of us and uh, then we'll come back here and talk amongst us.
3: All righty. Go ahead, brother. Kevin Kevin, again, thank you from the show, but from my heart for everything that you have done for me. Um, You talk about Eddie Graham and everybody. I think you're the genius. I mean, you can put stuff together. How many times from the Boston Battler have you um, reinvented yourself? And I can honestly say, and I'm sure everybody else will, I have never, ever heard anybody say a bad word about you. And that is unheard of in this business. Absolutely.
4: Yeah, well, I'll tell you, someone does say a bad word. Andrew says, I'm short. I'm fuck. Andrew, well, I'm six so, four. Yeah,
2: there you go. yeah, yeah.
4: Oh, so, man. I just <laughs> want to say thank you guys, and thank you, Randy. It was so good to hear from you. And thank man you. the man, look up Tom Burke and tell him you're a friend of mine. He'll send you some stuff. It's
2: good.
3: Yeah, so,
2: yeah, I, no. thanks, thanks, Andrew. Thank I'll you. see you later. Hello. I'll call. You, I'll call you tomorrow, Kev. Okay. Bye, guys. Hey, Jake Andrew, and, yes,
4: Andrew. Yes. Andrew. Yeah. It's
2: about Southwest Fury we're Oh yeah. Go, okay. Uh, Kevin and I okay, are, are, now are are now um, a crucial part of Southwest Fury. I'm on the roster, Southwest Western uh, SWE Fury, um, down in uh, in Texas. We're going to be in Irving, Texas, oh, on beautiful. December on December twelfth. We just got done. Um, Kevin's working, um, with, uh, with the front office, helping them, uh, do things over there. And he's also now, uh, been announced as the premier color commentator on the show, on the oh,
3: wow. TV
2: Terrific. TV show. And, uh, I, we just got back, we were there this weekend up in, uh, San Antonio. We had a bunch of shows, of uh, uh, four tapes we did and, uh, they got some of the best talent I've ever seen in my life. It reminds me of world-class with, uh, with a touch of Florida in it. So. And, uh, <laughs> Beautiful. Hell of a compliment. Well, Andrew, when, when, when can I get
1: you back here, Andrew, for a one-on-one with you?
2: Just give me a call. You guys have my information, Dan, another yes, guy, sir. You look Up, Brian Westcott, uh, Brian Westcott is another major league wrestling historian. So he, he does a lot of stuff for the cauliflower alley and, uh, he's Brian mm-hmm. Westcott is another guy that's really, really great, really intense, and, and you guys know uh General Nikita, Nikita Brezhnikov? Yes, sir. Yeah, manager. Yeah, he's another wrestling historian in his own right. And uh, so, yeah, just give me a holler, let me know, and, and we'll put something together.
1: You got it. Thank you, Andrew. Take care, my friend. Good night, guys. Good night, Andrew. Take care. Bye, Andrew. All right, we got Dan the Man, Randy Hogan, and Kathy. And Kathy's going to leave us shortly, and probably we can't do another 20 minutes with us. She only lives right across the street. <laughs> 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 She's got. She has to do her podcast tonight too. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, and let's let's plug your podcast.
0: Okay, it's called In the
3: Room. It's on VFC Nation. We do it Tuesday night, nine o'clock to eleven, with Brady Hicks, the Maestro, Stro, myself,
0: uh. And a couple other co-hosts uh, Tonight we have um, Prince Nana on And next week We have a name that you're going to remember DC Drake
1: Please mm-hmm. Oh my god DC I I Before he was DC When he was wrestling up at Paramus High School And <laughs> Hazlitt High School And the Hazlitt Township Skating Rink with Jack, victory and the Mongols, for crying out loud! Oh. Holy shit! <laughs> I'm giving away my age. I'm old. Yes, <laughs> Daniel. Yes, sir. So listen, we got you. We got you smartened up. Now you, you actually may end up being the smartest man in the room before it's all said and done.
0: Hey, you know, and, and it's 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 always good to to learn, and that's part of it. Is, I mean. You know, I, I say that all the time on this show. Is is I love, I love the 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 conversation because you'll learn more talking to somebody. In in, well, you'll I have learn one more talking to somebody for from, you though. Yeah, I just I just
1: one burning question. Every week, every week I show you my my clear and obvious mental superiority, but you you refuse well, to well, accept I, it.
0: I I would Why? say I mean clear clear Just and obvious knowledge. Rel- yeah, clear 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 <laughs> and obvious are relative terms. I mean, you know, uh, definitely definitely uh experience I mean, Randy I'll Hogan and
1: I buried you last week on the show. Uh you sat there <gasps> looking like you were going to cry and pout like a little hey, baby. You know
0: what? All all jokes aside about about knowledge of wrestling, I'm the only one with a signed Randy Hogan picture in the background. So Let's let's get that out of the way here.
1: Who got you that?
0: Okay.
1: Who got it for you?
0: Spe- speaking of which, my uh my wife's at work right now wearing that Randomania shirt. So I was going to say, did you get your t-shirt yet? <laughs> well, I mean, my, it, it, it's a shirt in my closet. So I, I, if my wife lets me wear it, I get to wear it eventually.
3: It's a proud moment sending anything to you two
1: guys. Randy, you know you're part of the family here. Speaking of part of the family, I have a major announcement to make. The return of the movie maker, Mike, the marvelous movie maker, Messier, is returning to Wrestling with the Future. Ooh. He will be back. As will the return of Larry Zbysko, the return of Ron Fuller, the maiden voyage of Enzo Amore. Enzo will be here, and I got a surprise that's going to rock you out. I'm not going to tell you just yet. You're going to have to wait on this one, there, Squire.
0: <sighs> this is yes, a good- sir,
1: Randy. I'm going to make him wait on this one.
3: You know, you're you're a tough guy.
0: Hey, you're a tough guy. Always- but- you you see you see what I have to deal with here, Randy? He always gives me flack for not for not knowing everything, but then he doesn't tell me anything yeah. either. So
3: the thing is to get you somehow I had to get you uh, I had to get you on even ground. So okay. I sent you that see, Randy, t shirt, so you are cloaked in the blood of randomania. Now you have some protection. I this like it. I <laughs> this is what I deal with every week. but here's the uh, thing. Uh,
1: you know, let's be honest about it, okay? Because Dan's young. He's 37. I've got shoes older than him, okay? <laughs> you know, I'm like 62 years old, okay? I'm I'm the old fart here, you know?
3: Maybe
1: um you're not. Maybe not. Uh, excuse me. Not quite, Angelo. Come
3: on. I'm 62. So what? You're a year older.
1: Okay, I'm still the older. <laughs> I'm the older fart. But uh, no, as long thing. as Seriously, I'm not here, no. um, you know one of the things that we pride ourselves on this show, and I think we do it better than anybody, is we don't talk. We talk very little wrestling with some of the biggest wrestling stars of- because they all have a story, but they all have humanity. They're all people, right. and that's what we do that nobody else does quite like we do, and I'm very proud of that. I'm I'm proud to be able to to hook Randy Hogan up after 35 years,
3: mm-hmm.
1: so he could say thank you to Kevin. That's a big deal. Oh yeah, for us.
0: And I mean, how many times have we gotten feedback from from people we've interviewed saying it's the it's the most fun they've had in years doing oh interviews God, because yeah. we're asking them questions that, that nobody else does.
1: Well, speaking of of doing something that nobody else does, <laughs> Thursday night. I got a humdinger for you, Daniel. We've got Nick Christopher joining us, the famed mafia historian and author, uh, the author of the uh, um, the, the the legends, uh, the the legendary's books or the legacies books. Were they the, the were they called the legends? Uh,
0: I'm I'm sorry, you talking about the book series? Yeah, yeah, that, the,
1: the legacies.
0: Yeah, the uh, um... <laughs> excuse me. I'm sorry
1: Nick's books Nick Christopher's book series
0: oh oh I geez I'm I'm sorry I misunderstood I thought you were asking about the uh the the stuff that he wrote
1: yeah no the the he's got the books they're called the the legacies or the, the the legendaries or what is it
0: no no the the destiny series
1: Th- that's it. Thank you.
0: I'm I'm sorry. I completely misunderstood where you were going with that question. Yes, yeah, that's the okay.
1: Place. I forgot the name of the fucking book <laughs> It's been a long day. It's been a long day. Oh, brother. Well listen. Um, we're gonna get out of here. We're gonna we're gonna make it a short show tonight. We had a, a lot of fun. Um crammed a lot of fun into an hour tonight. Yes, sir. So, but yeah, but we got we have Nick Christopher joining us, Um, another guy that spent some time with John A. Light. We're talking a little bit about him, uh, life in the mob. But we're going to talk about the Greek mob and the often forgotten about Irish mafia. Yes. There you go. Hey, you want to come over for that one? We got (laughs)
0: to stick together here. Yeah.
1: There you go. (laughs) But now Kevin probably has some opinions on that one. I would love to have his. His thoughts on that. He grew up right in the heart of that stuff. But anyway, you guys, uh, Dan, let's give everybody our our uh, info. Plug us away.
0: Okay. Obviously, uh, Wrestling with the Future podcast. We can be found wherever podcasts are can be listened to. We're on uh, well, uh, well pushing our way to two hundred different platforms. We're on Facebook, Wrestling with the Future podcast. We're on Instagram, Wrestling with the Future podcast. We're on Twitter at Wrestling Future. No G Wrestling Future. And uh, we can be found pretty much anywhere you find Wrestling With The Future or uh, Wrestling Conversation. You'll find Wrestling With The Future podcast.
1: And we are also on Skynet Television in Canada. Yes. BBC Four in England. We are on seven commercial radio stations around the country and 144 platforms worldwide. We are sponsored by Daniel. Tell them who we're sponsored by.
0: Well, our uh, our we are sponsored by our friends at Manscaped.com. Manscaped.com is the leading supplier of man grooming products. Their current package is the Lawnmower 3.0. It includes the uh, refreshing spray, the deodorizer, a series of wipes. It all comes in a leather handbag. Currently with free shipping. You go to rest. Uh, excuse me. You go to uh, Manscaped.com and use promo code Wrestling Future for twenty percent off. And uh, Manscaped.com, they have all the best products out there. I can vouch for that, and they've been a friend of the show for a long time now. Um,
1: uh, about a year. Hmm. About a year, just short of a year, and they have re up with us, and are we welcome our new sponsor next week, Blue Chew. So we've got the, uh, we, uh, pardon me, Kathy, but we've got the hard on and shaving the balls market covered. <laughs>
0: So
3: there you go. Angela, I just want to say thanks for letting me come over to talk to Kevin.
1: Oh, you're quite welcome. Quite welcome. And Kevin wasn't lying. and I don't want to tell everybody, just straight shoot, okay? Um, I've known Kathy for probably 37 years now, at least. And she is literally one of the boys. She's been a part of just about every federation that's come through this area. They know her. She knows them. Um, cooked a lot of meals Washed a lot of clothes And drove a lot of people to the airport
0: Oh yeah yeah,
1: yeah. And, uh, Al- and she is an invaluable service To the wrestling industry
0: And Angelo you know, Angelo will tell you that you, you, We know that's a fact for just the sheer number of times Your name has come up in stories on this it show It has
1: a lot Your name's come up on the show a lot
3: I'm You should I'm
1: watch all that. the You should watch every episode And listen for your shout out Well, on that note, Randy, thank you for calling in tonight, brother. Dan, the man, thanks for another interesting conversation. We will have uh, the pleasure of your company Thursday night. In the meantime, everybody, take care. Happy wrestling, and we'll see you next time.